Good morning. We find ourselves in Genesis chapter 28. And this is when uh, Jacob leaves. Esau is after him. And Jacob is sent away to get a wife on a really long journey and to go back to the Iraq area and Laban and not get a wife in that land. Uh, he wants Abraham wants him to stay in the family. So he gets sent away on a long journey, a risky journey. It seems like Jacob's concerned about the journey. And isn't it interesting that one uh well let, let's listen to the promise that Abraham gives Jacob. He says in verse three, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply. For those who are part of our church, um, you know that that's been our focus, and it's because it's God's focus. And look at that you may become a company of peoples. He wants to bless Abraham's family now through Jacob, and he wants to have a people, a family, all under the blessing of um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and may they reflect who God is. So, May he also give you the blessing of Abraham, here it's reiterated, to you and to your descendants with you, that you may possess the land of your sojourning. So um, right now they're in Canaan, they're in the land that's going to become Israel, but it's it's not fully theirs yet. And one day God's going to give it to them, but he sends Jacob away back to their homeland to get a wife. Um very important to see that in the Abrahamic covenant, God is going to get it done. God is going to bless Abraham and his family, and he's going to give him that land. And it really doesn't matter. Like even Jacob's deception and lies, Abraham not doing everything right. God's going to get this done. The Abrahamic covenant is a unilateral covenant and he's going to bless that family. And isn't it interesting that we have, come into the blessing of Abraham as part of the church through faith in Jesus, just as Abraham was accredited righteousness. So we've been made right by God. And God's blessing now is on his church in a special, unique way, in a unilateral way, just like it was with Abraham. It's very important to see that. Otherwise, you'll miss it because a lot of the covenants that he makes later, which we're going to talk about today with Israel, They're subject to Israel's faithfulness, and unfortunately, they weren't very faithful. But before we get to that, we see that Esau, when he sees this blessing, and when he sees that Isaac wanted Jacob to marry someone from his homeland, he goes ahead and marries an Ishmaelite just to make his father mad. Um, You know, isn't it talking about, you know, all the the different things that happened with the older self-serve, the younger which was unusual, and even the deception and you know Esau being hungry and trading his birthright in and all that stuff that happened. You wonder if God knew that Esau just was not going to be the person that he wanted his family to you know, be perpetuated with, that he, he knew better. And he, he, I know it kind of crazy circumstances to have it all happen, but God wanted it to happen through Jacob and Again, we don't always know all the whys, but I think we can trust God. So Jacob then departs to go get a wife, and 
he lays down in Bethel, and and he had a dream, and behold, a ladder was sent on the earth, and with its top reaching the heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, meaning many, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your descendants, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. <laughs> I love it. God wanted to bless Abraham's family and for them to be a blessing. And, and now we're part of that blessing. We've been blessed all across the world who have faith in Jesus, just as Abraham was made right by faith, so are we. Behold, I am with you. Now listen to this verse. And this is, of all the things in this chapter, this is the one that stuck out to me today. I've often mentioned that. You know, when when I'm reading through the scriptures and I, I'm doing devotional reading where I'm reading a chapter a day, I'll, I'll, I'll allow what seems to me like God is bringing something to the forefront. And today it was this, and this is what I'm going to talk about. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. He's going to get that land. Abraham's family is going to get that land. Now, uh, you know, this all this this dream and everything surely had to be quite amazing to Jacob to take note of this. And this is later on, he says, you know what, if, if God will do this for me, I'm going to follow him. And, uh, you know, it does seem like Jacob changes um, after this. He becomes a more faithful man. He becomes more of a transformed man as he gets into his older years. And I think you'll see that as we go through. Um, praise God for that. But let's focus on the thing that God brought to my mind. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Now, when did they actually get that land? Uh, you know, as you know, Jacob's family um, begins to starve. They go down to Egypt. Joseph went ahead, remember, through, you know, interesting circumstances and saved grain. Israel survives in Egypt under J uh, Joseph. They multiply in Egypt, and eventually they become slaves, though, to the Egyptian pharaoh because they had to sell everything they had in order to buy grain. So now they're slaves in Egypt, and they're there a long time, like 300 years. And that's when then God freed them through the Passover, uh, you know, the blood of the lamb over their doorposts, and then he parted the sea, amazing, amazing hand of God. Then they're unfaithful to God in the desert uh, through Moses. So Moses makes them wait, or excuse me, God makes them wait in the desert for 40 years. He wants that generation of unfaithful people to die out. The next generation, um, led by Joshua, is going to lead them into the promised land. So this is when they're starting to get the promised land that God provided. And they conquer the promised land, and then eventually we get Saul as king, and we've talked about that recently with Saul and David not getting along, Saul wanting to take his life. And then eventually we get to the Davidic king and then the Solomon king. And at that time, they had the most land and the most prosperity that they ever had. And, and essentially God fulfilled. Now he's going to one day future fulfill Israel 
in the in the end times, but is it, it never had been so much so fulfilled as it was in the days of David and Solomon. And what God promised Abraham and here promised Jacob, he got done to his descendants. And it, it, and it, and it happened and it was beautiful that they had the land. But this covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, as I mentioned, was unilateral. Now, when they were going to go in to take over the promised land, I want to take you to a different covenant. This is actually a reminder in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy means Judo or second. And Deuteronomy is a reminder of the Mosaic covenant that we'll learn about in the book of Exodus. But when they get a reminder of that covenant, when they're about to go in to conquer the promised land, we get the a reminder of the Mosaic covenant that comes with the blessings and curses. Meaning, if you follow me, if you obey me, when you get to your land, I'm going to bless your country. But if you get to that land that I promised, and I'm going to make sure you get it, but if you get there and you don't follow me, you're going to be cursed. This is uh, part of the Mosaic Covenant. Listen, blessed you shall be in the city, blessed you shall be in the country, blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl, blessed you be when you come in, and blessed you shall be when you go out. And this is in Deuteronomy 28. But then a little bit later in the same chapter, but it shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments and statutes, which I charge you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed you shall be in the city and you shall be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your meeting bowl. And it goes on to explain, listen, when you get this promised land, if you're not faithful to me, you're going to be cursed. If you're faithful, you're going to be blessed. Now, that type of circumstance was reiterated in the Davidic uh, covenant. And when Solomon was getting uh, the land uh, under David, listen to what it says here in 1 Kings chapter 6. Now, the word of the Lord came to Solomon saying, Concerning this house which you are building, if you will walk in my statutes and execute my ordinances and keep all my commandments by walking in them, then I will carry out my word with you, which I spoke to David, your father. I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house of the Lord, and that was the promise. Solomon, if you if you obey me, I'm going to bless your socks off. And this really just followed the Abrahamic covenant. But in this new covenant, um, through Moses and then the Davidic covenant, where David is promised a king will come from his family line, which it did, but there was, there was, there was, it was subject to their faithfulness. And later on in First Kings, chapter eleven, um, I want to read to you First um, Kings chapter eleven. It says this about Solomon. Now the Lord was angry. Verse nine of chapter eleven, First Kings. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. But he did not observe what the Lord had commanded. So the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father, David, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, 
but I will give you one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. So David's two sons end up dividing the kingdom and uh, Rehoboam ends up being a better king in the south where Jerusalem was in Judah and his kingdom lasts longer. But eventually the kingdom gets torn away. Israel gets torn away. Uh, and eventually Israel is no more. And why did I bring that all up? Let's go back to where we were in Genesis. And I think it'll make sense when I share with you uh, what, what I saw. So when Jacob is sent away and he's, he has that dream, verse 15 of Genesis 28, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And what I saw in that is I saw the promise of God to follow through and bless Abraham's family and bless Jacob and their descendants. And one day they're going to get that land. But he says, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. And God did what he promised, didn't he? He, he? he did what he promised. And he said, I will not leave you It almost... What I read into that is, I'm not going to leave you until I've done what I promised. But after I've done what I've promised, which he did, now it's going to be up to you to be faithful to keep what I promised. And they weren't faithful, and they lost it. Isn't that interesting? So that's where God took me today. And you know, as a result, Israel has had so much trouble due to their unfaithfulness, and now to their, due to their rejection of the Messiah. But as we've talked about before, God still has future plans for Israel. You know, um, some people don't see a protection for God's church. They feel that God's church is going to go through the tribulation, which I believe is is a, a portion of God's wrath is going to take place during that seven years. But I feel like there's something different. And one of the reasons I do that or think that is because of this. Abraham was given a promise to have blessing upon him. And we now, through faith in Jesus, are given righteousness just like Abraham was. And we've been given the promise of blessing. Israel had an opportunity to be blessed, but they were needed to be faithful and they were unfaithful. And therefore, God's covenant allows for them to be cursed. But we are of the promise of Abraham and of our the faith of Abraham. And so that's one of the big things that sometimes lies between the difference of, not always, but one of the things that can lie between the difference of someone who's pre-tribulational, <coughs> excuse me, regarding a rapture and someone who believes that we're going to endure the tribulation is the distinction between Israel and the church. And if you see a vast difference between the promise of, on the church, going all the way back to Abraham, um, and a di differing set of scenarios for Israel that had to be faithful to the Mosaic and, uh, and Davidic covenants, which they were not. So, listen, I can't prove it to you uh, that we'll be pre-tribulation raptured, but I, I believe it to be true. I have grace about it. I love my brothers and sisters who have a different view, but uh, I wanted to give you that perspective this morning on all of this. Uh, God bless you all.